You're listening to the Proteus Leader Show with Erica Anderson, where you'll get practical tools and insights for leading, managing, and staying ready for the future. Erica is the founding partner of Proteus, a firm that focuses uniquely on leader readiness. A nationally known executive coach and best-selling author, you may already know her as one of the most popular leadership bloggers on Forbes.com. Ready for something you can use today? Here's Erica. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Proteus Leader Show. Today, I'm here with Chris Edmonds, founder of the Purposeful Culture Group. For nearly three decades, industry-leading executives have Chris out to help them build and sustain values-aligned cultures that are purposeful, positive, and productive. He's also the author or co-author of seven books and speaks to companies around the world about the power of culture. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Erica, thank you so much for the opportunity. Excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. So, as, And as I found out more about you and your work in preparation for the conversation, so much of what you say about workplace culture and it's important really resonates for me. And so I thought that hearing your thoughts about this would really benefit our listeners. You said an interesting thing to me last week, which is that managing results is half the leader's job and managing culture is the other half. So could you explain why you believe that and how to do it? Absolutely. And, and I think all of us have that same impression because we, we begin to observe the way our leaders have behaved over the course of careers or jobs and, and, and whatnot. And, and so employees don't miss much. And I tell senior leaders that all the time. And of course, they're horrified because you know, people have an opinion. I, I, don't think, I don't think I like that, you know, but, but the idea is to really help leaders realize that they have the skills to manage culture effectively. They've just never been asked to do it. And, and often they don't really quite know how to do it. So, so over the you know, 30 years nearly uh, of my work, I've realized that the first thing I have to do is educate. And, and once I educate and once there's a pain point, right, that we can all agree on, then it's okay, we can fix that. And, and it's not me as a consultant, yeah. it's me helping you fix it because it's, it's your house, right? So mm-hmm. the idea of managing results is half your job. You know, again, leaders are kind of shocked at that because it's it's number one the only thing they're asked to do number two it's the only thing they're paid to do and here i am coming in from yes. from way out of the blue and saying you know good for you no that's not, that's not your whole job and the reality is as we look at the great bosses we've had what we realize is that they didn't let you know people just simply deliver on their performance promises. Now that was important and making money is important and having more money at the end of the day than you've spent is important. And yet what really made those great bosses inspiring to us was the fact that they held us accountable for being stinking nice to each other. And, and some did it in, in fun ways, some did it in, in kind of assertive ways. All of them had a structure and a discipline to it. And so that's what that message is about, is if you want to craft an organization where people feel trusted and respected, it won't happen without some intention and attention on your part as a leader. And then they're like, okay, I get that. But what do I do? You know, what do I do? <laughs> right. Yeah. So how, before you go on to how to do that, I'm fascinated to, 
obviously I completely agree with you. How, how surprised is the average leader when you tell him or her that? It's fascinating because they, they are surprised a bit and they kind of figured that, you know, uh, culture is the responsibility of HR and I, and I delegate that to them and I go, hmm, close, no. And, and well, why is that? Well, it's because only senior leaders have the authority to change expectations and to change incentives and to change rewards. And they go, uh, well, wait, but I still don't know how to do it. Okay, that's easy. But, but the reality is that they often don't necessarily think of the issues they're facing as culture problems at all, right? They're, they're talent issues or personality conflicts or, and, and, and so they're dismissive just in the way they even think about them. And so once you get a lone voice, often from HR, can be from OD, it can be from, you know, the gal who's running the division that is that is running perfectly and has very little drama. You know, how do you do that? And it's like, well, I just make people be nice to each other, and and that is discounted out of hand. And so it's it's the idea that. Well, think about the engagement data. Yeah, yeah, we do engagement surveys. Well, engagement hasn't changed in 30 years. And so whatever we're doing, you know, a percentage point isn't what we're looking for. We're looking at 20, 30, 40% differences in the way people feel about how they're treated at work. And then you are going to tap discretionary energy. You're going to have people solve problems you didn't even know about. You're going to have people be nice to each other, et cetera. You know, as once you've gotten them past the initial shock and connected them with, um, oh yes, the leader that I've had the most respect for in my life actually was intentional about this. What what are the things that, as you've observed doing all this work over the last three decades, um, what what are the main things that get in the way of of people and organizations then going, oh okay, well then let's do something about this. What are the biggest impediments? Great, great, great question. And really the first piece is, as I've mentioned, it's the absence of understanding. It's, it's right. It's the, the understanding that that's half of your job. That is a primary responsibility for you. And so the how to's become really important. And so the other thing that I've learned is what I want to do is to help leaders have some confidence in the fact that they've already got the skills to do this. If you manage performance clarity and you've got clear goals and tasks and you hold people accountable for those good we're going to leverage those same skills over here in the values arena and again and i and i get the rca dog oh boy does that date me by the way but it's the kind of quizzical what do you mean and i said well what we need to do if we're going to make values as important as results is we must make them as measurable as results. And so my, my approach in, in, in the culture engine book is about crafting an organizational constitution of that language. Everyone nods their heads at this. Oh, I get it. A constitution. I said, you know, if I'm, if I'm working in Europe, I'll use, I'll use Magna Carta, right? It's still the same foundational piece, which is, you actually have to be extremely explicit about what you expect. So just as we expect these kinds of performance targets on a given hour, day, week, quarter, then we're going to define values in observable, tangible, measurable terms. And they go, oh, so we're going to get integrity, for example, 
away from the, well, everyone knows what integrity is. No, 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 no. You have to tell them exactly what you mean by integrity. And we do it through behaviors like, I do what I say I will do. I follow up with stakeholders. So it becomes a observable, tangible, measurable. So just as we have dashboards that help leaders keep track of performance traction, we're going to create dashboards in the form of either pulse surveys on a weekly basis or monthly or quarterly basis, at least twice a year, we're going to do a value survey that's going to allow employees to say for these 10 right valued behaviors, don't do 50, do, do 10 or 12, my boss keeps his promises or she follows through on her commitments or so they can be rated and that profile then becomes the other half of the expectation. And it's praising where their staff, their team members see them aligned to those behaviors. And it's coaching where you see misses, just as you would do for performance management. So so literally what I'm trying to do is to kind of build some confidence that they already know how to do this. And we're just going to apply it in the very important but virtually untouched side of their business. Yeah, that's great. Not only is it... You're saying you, I love this. You, you already have these skills of getting clear about what's necessary and holding people accountable to it and measuring those agreements. You're also at the same time, I think most people think of culture as this kind of murky, artsy, I don't know, but maybe I'll know it when I see it kind of thing. And you're saying, no, no, you, culture can be as clear and as explicit and as uh, measured. As performance, I think that's exactly right. Well, and and where where the burden falls is not only on senior leaders defining what these rules are going to be. Yeah, and and I see them as liberating rules. They're, they're good things, but then they have to model them themselves. I tell them all the time: you will never be able to run a yellow light in this town again. Yeah. and then they laugh. Yeah, but it's the realization that they've tolerated bad behavior because they didn't have the structure. They didn't have the agreements. Now that they do, then they're going to be held accountable first. They're going to be closely scrutinized. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, sorry, but this is your job. I mean, yes, it is your job. And people always attend much more to what people actually do than what they say they're supposed to. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm working with a client now. We're about 10 months in. And typically this process, it's, it's, there's a defined process, which is the crafting of the organizational constitution. But then there's the aligned process, which, of course, never ends. And it's that modeling and coaching and praising alignment and redirecting misalignment. And, and they're in the mode now where they're, they're, November will be their first formal run of the custom value survey and they're starting to see some leaders say i i don't think i can succeed under those circumstances here and it's like okay that's fine you know because if you're gonna stay here these are the rules and then there's the other 60 percent of those leaders are saying finally we've had people behave so badly for 20 years around here so there's a there's a the consequences become vital because that's the means to accountability you can't tolerate bad behavior you got to praise the tar out of good behavior yep 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 
So, so as you're talking about it, Chris, and again, I completely agree, this is an organization-wide effort, you know, to have a institution to align rewards and incentives and, uh, you know, punishments even against that. Yeah, that's true. So what if I'm a leader, I'm in an organization who's not doing this work, what can I do to help make even the culture of my team more positive and productive? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Well, and it's and it's critical because a lot of times it's it's those leaders, you know, in a small team, in a small department, in a small division that go, we can make this better. And mm-hmm. so, so for one, the Culture Engine book is written for that leader. And I've had hundreds of leaders since this book was published uh, back in in 2014 say the rest of my organization is still all screwy, <laughs> but. But I got I got twelve people here that get this, and they're and they're holding each other accountable. So the reality is, you can actually do this, create an organizational constitution that's your own team, that's your own department, that's your own division. And the soft start, which which is a piece that I think is at the root of your question, Erica, is the idea of create some ground rules that are really more focused upon not the performance side of things, not the results side of things. You've got plenty of dashboards and plenty of systems that are going to monitor that. What you have to do is actually create some of these rules that for our meetings and for our interactions, these are our five ground rules. And it's like, you know, I, I, I don't dismiss, demean, or discount others' ideas or efforts. And it's simple stuff like that that starts to get you. But, but again, it, that's the definition side. The alignment side is a little harder, but it lets leaders start to play a bit with, again, the other half of their jobs and to create some democratic rules, right, that we're all going to try and monitor these. We, we have to change some of the rules here and some of the language in the next three months, but we're going to try it. And what it does is it sets a different standard. It, it again puts them on the pedestal to be scrutinized. Yeah. Um, but if they can build some create, let's just call it credibility for it. Yes. And others are going to go, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Some credibility and some momentum in that direction. I love that. One of, we often do that with clients, you know, kind of like what are, what are the road rules? What are the rules of engagement? Mm-hmm. And one that I love, and I'm convinced that if people had this as a road rule, about two-thirds of our problems would go away, is – when I have an issue with someone, I will go to them directly versus going to third parties. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. And it's the it's we're both responsible for making it different, making it better. They may not have intended to, you know, blow that up, but we can follow this up because I'm going to be working with this guy, gal, for years. Yes. yes <laughs> so. yeah. Oh, this is so great. Really uh, just wonderful food for thought and action. And, Listeners, you can find out more about Christmas work at www.drivingresultsthroughculture.com and its latest book, Culture Engine. And uh, I feel like we've just scratched the surface here, so I hope people do go to those resources. And also, listeners, if you'd like to find out more about how we at Proteus help leaders build better cultures, which is very aligned with what Chris is saying, just go to proteusleader.com and choose the company culture topic. Thank you so much for being with us today, Chris. Erica, thank you so much for the opportunity. Just enjoyed. Again, after all these years of of supporting each other in social media, we get voice to voice finally. Yes, it's great. And so listeners, until next time, here's to creating the life you truly want. 
We hope you're feeling better equipped to create the career, the business, and the life you want. For more insights and tools for leadership and management, join us at ProteusLeader.com. Have an excellent day, and thanks for listening.